somehow I'm always surprised by this. So you think I wouldn't be anymore. But. Very good. <laughs> How y'all doing? Good. We uh, <clears throat> we are we have a a, a series uh, that we have one one message left in our series. We just didn't feel like Mother's Day was a great day to land the conclusion of a series, so we're going to do that next week. Uh, our I Am series is going to conclude next week, and uh, just wanted to share a bit about. Uh, Yeah, just celebrating whether, whether you're biologically a mom or not, um, just celebrate the women that are here, women that are watching online, celebrate you uh, today. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's uh, actually amazing, this, this book that we cherish the scriptures, the Bible, um, is uh, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people have used this book over the centuries, unfortunately. They've plucked verses out here and there, and they've used this book to, uh, to suppress women, to, um, to kind of keep them in some kind of, you know, where they belong place or something or whatever, Right? Um, but the reality is, this book is absolutely, without a doubt, the most liberating book for women in the ancient world. It's true. It's very true. Um, the fact that there are three books in the Bible where women are the, the, the main character and the hero is is unparalleled in the ancient world, in, the, in ancient literature. And, and it was revolutionary that God chose to elevate women in the way that he did in the scriptures. And we certainly see that all through uh, Jesus' life and ministry, that he is continually elevating women and putting them in places where most of society did, said they didn't belong. And yet Jesus invited them into his inner circle. He invited them into places of leadership and places of influence. And, uh, and, and the reality is that, that we were made, men and women, we were made to image God together. Yeah, right. right? Um, Genesis 1.26 says that God said, let us make Man in our image, meaning mankind, um, in our image, and then it says he, you know, male and female, he created them, right? And he created them to image him, made them in his image to image him in the world. And we are not a complete image of God unless we are imaging him together as men and women, right? And, uh, and so we just, we just uh, not just today, every day of course, and, and we, we as, a, as a church movement, uh, the movement that we're a part of, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, is, is a, um, 
an unapologetically uh, egalitarian movement, meaning that we welcome women into every place of ministry in our churches. Um, there, we have women on our board. We have a woman as one of our pastors on our staff. Um, we, women are welcome in every level of leadership in our, in our denomination. And uh, uh, I believe that's... women have done a lot of the work in the churches. Much. That's not, I'm not anti-man yeah. in any way, shape, or form. And yeah. Traditionally, particularly in the Maritimes, a lot of the churches were planted. Many women, churches women planted pioneers, the early movement prayer here. Prayer warriors that were breaking up new Started ground. by women. Yeah. And I just need to give the disclaimer that Pastor Andrew invited me to interject at any point. So I'm not interrupting him. He actually did say that. Just feel like it's I true. Need to true say. story. <laughs> true story. Because he got home late last night and so did I. And we're prepared, but we might just interrupt each other a little bit. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good. That's how we live. Yeah. That's how we roll. <laughs> okay, so can I just, before we get into this, can I tell you, I, I absolutely love having my grandsons with me in church. I always <laughs> loved having my kids with me in church, but my grandsons, I, 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 Scott, this morning, when it was like the end of a worship song, everyone was clapping, and he's like, Nana, yay, <laughs> yay, yay, and I'm like, oh my goodness, a little child shall lead them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did y'all see the two of them bring in flowers for Nana? Yeah. That was cute. <laughs> cute. It's kind of cute. Yeah. All right. So you've mentioned three of um, kind of the key books of the Bible that have women as the main characters. And we're going to land on one of those heroes this morning. We're just going to take a little snapshot sort of into the opening scene of the book of Ruth. Okay. So I'm going to actually read chapter 1 as we start. Um, I should have practiced some of these names ahead of time, though. All right, here we go. Mm. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech. Yep. Is that right? <laughs> his, his wife's name, Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malin and Killian. They were Ephratite, Ephrathites, Ephrathites. Ephrathites. Mm-hmm. Hmm. from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malin and Killian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, in that culture, in that day, that was devastating. Mm. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughter-in-laws prepared to return home from there. With her two daughter-in-laws, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughter. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even I thought there was any hope for me. Even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, what are you gonna wait for them to grow up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. 
At this, they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of it. must have been a small town. <laughs> and the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabitess, 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 her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Right. Thank you, Pam. Um, so this is, uh, as, as she said, the opening scene for this book. Uh, Ruth is a, is a really rich book of scripture, and uh, uh, we don't have time to go into the kind of the depths of it today. But, um, but there's incredible symbolism and imagery and foreshadowing of Christ throughout this book of Ruth. Uh, there's a lot that, that is hard to grab hold of if you don't, if, you know, without studying some of the ancient traditions, you know, the, the, the ways of living in the ancient world. Um, but, uh, but it's very... Very, very rich. One of the, one of the uh, rich symbolisms that we find in this book are the, the names, the meaning of the names of the people even in this uh, uh, opening scene. Um, Naomi's name means pleasant. And, and we see not only we see it in this opening scene, but we see it throughout the book of Ruth that that really is her character. She is, she, the, the fruit coming out of her life, she is, she is a godly, pleasant woman. Um, and, uh, and of course, towards the end of this chapter, she says, don't call me pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Because I have, I have tasted of the bitterness of loss and pain. And, and I'm, I'm in a season of bitterness. I find that interesting because, um, because Naomi didn't, though she was pleasant, though that was her character, she didn't find it necessary to kind of, um, yeah, to, to keep that, that persona, you know, to keep, keep up with that persona when she was going through a season of pain and loss. She was a woman of authenticity. That she, she never stopped being that person, you know, being that godly woman that she was, but she was able to uh, voice the pain that she was going through. Some of you, you know, maybe sometimes have felt this pressure to put on, put on that, that, that fake smile and put on that, church face or whatever it is and, and keep, keep pretending to be this person you think you should be 
even though you're walking through a season of pain and loss. And, uh, and so you're saying it's okay <clears throat> to not be okay. I am saying that, wow. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thought I'd summarize. Sure. All right. Um, her, her husband's name is Elimelech, which means God is king. Um, and, and so he was, he was a, a godly man as well and uh, a worshiper of Yahweh, which, which you can tell by the way that, that uh, her, the family continues to be even after he's gone. Um, his two sons, the two sons who die, their, their names are Mahlon and Kilion, which means sickness and wasting away. <laughs> right? So it's symbolic of, the, of, these, of, the, of these men who, whose lives were, were crushed by, by sickness, by, by being taken out, right? Um, and, and, and you can feel, just in their names, you can feel the pain and the sadness that this family experienced, right? The heaviness. Um, Ruth means friend. And Ruth proved herself to be a loyal, faithful woman who was a friend to the end, right? Um, Orpah uh, means there's a few possibilities. This is a borrowed, it's not a, a Hebrew name, it's a borrowed name from, from the Moabite culture. And so, but one of the names that is suggested for Orpah is Neck, which kind of speaks of her turning, her turning back um, is, is what uh, people often think is, is her name, the meaning of her name. And so you can see just the, the rich symbolism in the names and, and this story that's being set up just even by the mentioning of the names. Here's, here's the setting that's, that we're experiencing. And, and the entire book is so, so rich in symbolism. So I would, I would encourage you when you go home, take a minute. Ruth is not that long. Read it. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of how God is, uh, you know, with Ruth and Boaz, God is our redeemer and our yeah. restorer. And it's just yeah. such a beautiful, beautiful love story, really. Honestly, yeah. But, so, but we're going to go back to, there's mm -hmm. three points we're going to talk about today. Um, some thoughts and insights, is that what you would say? Yeah, okay. sure. All right. <laughs> you there? Yeah. Yep. So, um, so I think what we see in the lives of these, uh, of the interaction of these, these particularly these three women, um, is first of all, modeling Modeling to the next generation. There's, there is a calling. There's a responsibility on us, men and women, to model what it means to live as followers of Jesus to the next generation. Yeah. And, uh, and we see that in Naomi's life, that she modeled strength. She modeled courage and independence in the face of loss. She lost 10 years before she lost her husband. Right, and and over that ten years, um, she she modeled for these women how to live, how to cope, how to manage, and how to keep your faith alive, how to continue to worship God in the face of loss and the things that that she experienced. Um, 
And she, she had even mentored these women. I mean, they had left their families of origin, married her sons, and, uh, and, and become part of her household. And she was the one who had the responsibility of mentoring these women into womanhood. Mm-hmm. How, do, how do you live in this, you know, in this challenging world as, as a godly woman? How do you live and, uh, and walk through this, the journey of this life? And I'm just going to camp there for one second, mm. referring to um, at the end of the message, there's kind of a, a couple practical things, really practical things and ideas that I want to share um, with the women of this church, um, present and online, um, of ways that we can be mentoring one another. And I believe mentor isn't just you know, a checklist for accountability every week. It is about being a loyal friend. It is about walking your faith out authentically in the middle of stuff that stinks, stuff that's hard. I don't think anyone here has experienced anything hard, maybe. No? (laughs) Yes. There's hard stuff in life. There is, right? There just is. It's in this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So, you know, how do we model living that overcoming lifestyle with one mm-hmm. another? And um, yeah. just, yeah, so I'm going to be camping on that a little bit later, refer back to that. Yeah, and many of us in this room, many of us online, wouldn't be where you are today if there hadn't been people that who poured true. into your life. That's true who mentored you, this is what it means to stay faithful to Jesus when the world is pulling you uh, in every direction. This is what it means to walk through loss and keep your faith intact. You know, you may have doubts, you may have questions, you may struggle, but this is what it's like to walk through this and keep your faith and keep your eyes on Jesus. And everyone needs this in their life. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're male or female, but um, there's something very specific and unique about having women to women connecting heart to heart because it's, yeah, it's just special. Anyway, all right. And we see, we see in this, again, in this opening uh, scene as well, a mutual strengthening. This is point number two, a mutual strengthening going on between these generations um, that, that, uh, you know, when, when these two women, Orpah and Ruth, when their husbands died, right, Naomi's sons, when their husbands died, they drew on the strength that they had learned from watching Naomi, right? They'd they'd watched her walk through loss and pain, and they drew. She, obviously, you see the closeness, you see the connection that they have, and, and they have obviously drawn from her strength um, when they needed strengthening. And, and now when she's, you know, relocating, going back home, she's going back to the family that she grew up with. She's going back to where her husband, you know, all, all the memories of when they, her and her husband got married, all that stuff, you know, and she's coming back and, and she's expressing this, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because I'm bitter. You know, there's bitterness in my heart right now. There's loss. There's pain in my heart. And and these women, this is this is her mother and their mother-in-law, right? It's not normal to want to stick with your mother-in-law. Cue mother-in-law joke. (laughs) 
right? It's just have not. It's just not normal. Um, I, I mean, it, there are a few exceptions, and and my mother-in-law, who's probably watching this right now, is the best mother-in-law. <laughs> right? She's the exception, for sure. <laughs> We're going to see her Saturday, so yeah. you know. But it's just not normal, right? So, so here are these women. They're, they're, they're traveling from their homeland with Naomi. And, uh, and, and, and there's this mutual strengthening. She's drawing strength from them in the same way that they had drawn strength from her. And, and folks, we need both of those kinds of relationships in our lives. In fact, I would suggest we need, we need relationships in our lives that that go both ways. Yep. You're totally stealing I'm, everything that I'm supposed to say later. You know that, It's okay. Right? You can say it again. You'll probably say it better. Um, you know, I I really do think that in our in the way that we have consumerized the North American church, we've lost a lot of the sense that we are part of a family. We are meant to be connected in deep and meaningful ways with one another. And you're not going to be connected in the same, at the same level with everyone. But there, must, there needs to be someone, some people in the body of Christ that you are connected with in a brother, sister, sist- brother, brother, sister, sister, whatever, relationships that strengthen one another. Um, so yeah, mutual strengthening. Uh, yeah. That is what healthy Christ-honoring relationships look like in the kingdom. They do. It just is. And sometimes that means, I, I reference back to the relational core values that we've talked about lots and lots of times. They need to be people that you're able to have open, honest conversations with. That you can believe the best and not assume the worst. That you can, um, challenge and call them higher and allow them to be that person for you too. But yeah. Yeah. Mutual strengthening. We need each other. And you know what? It's changed over the years, eh? It's changed a lot. How many of you guys were around when there was like, you know, quilting bees? Hey, I've been to those. Or, um, you know, even WM events, right? Different churches we've had, or different ladies' ministry things, or, or whatever. But also, even just in our culture, you know, like family meals. and So it's just, there's over the Soup Sunday. Soup Sunday next week. We need more soup, by the way. It's a commercial sign up when you leave. Um, We have to be intentional about finding and making those opportunities to pour into one another. It doesn't just happen. Is anybody in this room busy? I've been told that once you retire, you are busier than ever. Honestly, people have told me that. I'm thinking I might not ever retire then. You're busier than ever. But unless we are intentionally seeking out those relationships and making that a priority, not just for people to pour into us, but for us to pour into others. But, yeah, go Good. And, and I think we also see that, that there are different kinds of relationships. We see, we see the relationship of Naomi with Orpah and, and Naomi with Ruth, right? And these relationships are different. There are similarities, but there's there's... There's significant differences as well. Um, 
And, uh, and sometimes, some relationships are in our life for a season. Yeah, it's true. Right? And, and that's okay. It's okay that some relationships are in our life for a season and that that season may come to an end. And, and that's okay. Um, but uh, but ch- cherish what you've had and, and move on well. Right? Um, and, and I think that's important to, uh, sometimes we don't, we don't do that cleanly. We don't do it in a healthy way. But, um, but I, I, it seems like these women were able to do that well, right? In an emotionally uh, healthy way. Yeah. And, and Naomi uh, sends Orpah back and blesses her. She yeah. blesses her to go back to her family. And, and there's, there's sadness, but there's, there's cherishing and love that, that are happening there. Um, but then, then Ruth, on the other hand, chooses to bind herself to Naomi. And it, the language here is really interesting. Covenant. Covenant. It's, it's, it's very similar to like a marriage covenant or uh, just this covenant language that she uses, right? Let's just read it again. Um, she says, uh, where, you, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. Right? She even calls God to witness. This is very much covenant language. She says, I'm going to be bound to you no matter what happens. And and folks, I think we need some of those kind of relationships in our lives too. That we're, I mean, that, that, that there's, there's this strength, this connection that nothing can, can come between. And, uh, and Ruth and Naomi have this beautiful connection where they, they choose to, uh, to be committed to one another, committed to walking this out no matter what comes. Um, and, and really, Ruth was who Ruth was because of Naomi. And Naomi was who Naomi was because of Ruth. Mm-hmm. And, and you see this play out through the whole, the whole book. Can we just pause of, there for a Ruth. second? Yeah. Can any of you, just close your eyes for a minute. Can any of you think of, right now, just off the top of your head, at least three women, maybe not in your life right now, but women that have poured into your life in significant ways, significant ways. Maybe a lifelong relationship, it may have been just a chance encounter, but women that have poured into your life in significant ways. That's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Close your eyes again and think of three, now for the women, I'm saying, let's think of women, but you know, men, you can, you can join along here, but think of, so, so Lord, like bring to our minds now three people that we can do the same thing for, hmm. whether it's an Orpah relationship that is just for a season or a chance encounter 
or whether it's a lifelong relationship where you've been praying for this person and you haven't quite maybe acted on those feelings of maybe I should write a note or something, okay? So just think of three people that God is going to allow you to be that person to. Mm. All right. I'm going to have you go in your Bibles with me to Proverbs 11, 25. I'm actually going to read it from NLT. There we go. That's where that needs to go because there's no room for it up here. <laughs> Proverbs 11:25 from NLT. The generous will prosper. Okay, can I do a little Scott illustration here again, just from this morning sitting in church? He's reading a book about Ernie from Sesame Street, mm-hmm. and he turns the page, and there's a plate full of chocolate chip cookies on the table, and he looks at me and just as naturally as anything just puts his finger down on the table in the picture and takes the cookie and tries to put it in my mouth. Like, okay, so it took me a second to figure out what he was doing, but, you know, put it in my mouth, and then I'm like, I just got my hands out. Just as natural as anything, cookies, I'm going to share. Generosity. Okay, so it's a, it a cute little moment I had over there. All right. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Hmm. So when you closed your eyes and you thought of those three people or those three instances, those were moments where the Lord refreshed you. God used somebody in your life to bring refreshment, to pour into you. And I, I love that we get to talk about Naomi and Ruth and Orpah. And there are so many beautiful, beautiful examples of relationships in the Word. Again, I'm going to encourage you to read through the book of Ruth today. But sometimes when we hear these messages, it can be like, oh, no, something else I have to do. Hmm. No? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. (laughs) But I want you to be encouraged today, all right? That it's not about adding to your to-do list. It's about a kingdom principle in your life releasing a blessing of God, all right? Generosity releases something in your life. How many of you guys have seen that in your life? Mm -hmm. As you are generous, we don't give because we want to get, but as you are generous the Lord pours out more than you can even handle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one that's experienced this, right? This is true. The rest of this verse, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So if you find your place, you know, yourself at a place of, you know, heading to burnout or something, and I have lost track of how many women in this room that I've talked to about burnout, you know, including myself, like it's, If you're finding yourself heading there, it's not about, oh, no, I've got to add more things. It's about shifting our focus, right, and and bringing this to the Lord and going, okay, Lord, okay, God, you see this to-do list. You see um, the the burdens that I'm carrying. You see the family situations and the friend situations and the, the neighbors and the calling of my life, and you see all of these pieces. And, God, I just want to do my absolute best with every one of these pieces, how in the world does this work together? How do these pieces come together? So I just want to challenge you to take your pieces, because God's going to talk to you about all those pieces, right? And bring them to the Lord and say, okay, what kingdom principles here can I learn and grow in so that these things can be more obvious in my life? That you can, there's more room for God to move in your life in every one of these pieces, right? As we choose to walk in generosity, 
We come in the opposite spirit. We come against anything that would withhold or hide, you know, shame, hide. You know, like anything that would want you to hide. When you are generous, it comes at that in the opposite spirit. And it releases. Mm -hmm. There's a a kingdom principle there. It makes more room for God to show up. How many of you know that God is the most generous person in the universe? Yeah, yeah. He is. He's a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. And sometimes it's just a matter of he's just waiting there, like Christmas morning as parents or grandparents, right? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, like, so, you know, God's like, I, I just, I, you know, make room for me. I want to be generous in your life. I have all of this to pour out into your life. And, and sometimes, yeah, well, just sometimes it doesn't, from a natural this world perspective it just doesn't make sense when when you're weary or when when you just feel as pam said you know i've got enough stuff on my to-do list um it 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 just doesn't make sense to be generous right it, it we get into survival mode and pull in on ourselves and and we we think that i will survive by withholding i will survive by ke- keeping keeping holding on to what I've got because you know the precious little I have left I, I need to I need to hold on to it and and but Jesus kingdom is an upside down kingdom yeah, isn't it that's true. Yep. and and yep. oftentimes what Jesus calls us to do doesn't make sense but when we're when we step into that in obedience when we are generous when we feel the least like being generous that's the very moment we need to be generous yeah. because it'll break that that um that withholding that fear that that um that that poverty mindset and will release in our lives the the blessing that god wants to pour back pour in yeah and i think that this is a timely word for us okay and not because i look around this room and go man these guys have got to be more generous that is not what I'm thinking, okay, just so you know. But because as a church, even as a society, I don't really know, I'm going to make comments on that, but even as a church, as we come back together at different, you know, it's been a couple years with weird restrictions, all the ups and downs and all the stuff and all the sickness and all the blah, 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 blah stuff, okay? But as we come back together, there is um, a need for us to grow in love and unity. Has anybody else felt a little bit isolated over the last little while? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, two other people in the room are honest, just so you know. <laughs> um, but it's that it really is about us connecting. So yeah. can I, and again, I, when I look around this room, actually, I, I'm really glad to see some faces I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. We need each other. We are a family. And, um, and I look around and I just see, I see richness. And I'm not talking mm. about money. I see richness of experience. I see richness of life. I see richness of um, just things that you have to offer one another. Mm-hmm. But we haven't always had the opportunity. So am I, are, are, can you humor me and let me offer you three chances today? of things that we're going to have coming up where we can do this. This is not a commercial. So I just realized it sounded like I'm leading up to a commercial, isn't it? And for 19.95, you can... No? Okay. All right. No, that's not it. I want to show you something real simple. 
going back to this verse, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So Kai and Bennett and Maya helped me this morning, and I don't see any of them in here now. Uh, must be in kids' jam. Oh, Maya's up there. Thank you. Help me this morning. <laughs> She's doing a queen wave there. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so uh, encouragement cards. You guys see these in your pew in front of you? If you don't have one, just come up to one of these pews near the front where nobody ever sits, and you can find some up here, okay? <laughs> so we have um, encouragement card in the, in the pew for you. We'll have some extras available for you later, too. Here is... A simple, 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 simple way for you to pour life into someone else. Words. Yeah. Every word we speak brings the power of life, life death. or death. That's in Proverbs. The yeah. words that we speak, the words that we write. Pauline's having trouble finding one. Oh, she's <laughs> got two. Give this woman a hand. She's got two. No, okay. Um, three. <laughs> So, so this is just a really, really, really practical thing I want you to start doing. My challenge today is that for every woman in this room, women, we're going to lead the way on this. For every woman in this room, I want you to take one of these cards and write an encouraging note. It doesn't have to be long. It can be a scripture. It can be a memory. It can be something that as you've prayed for this person, you, you know, God really wants me to remind you of this. Or, I remember the special time we had this. It meant this to me. Thank you for the way that I see you loving on your kids. Thank you for modeling what, whatever. Okay? This is one. Whatever. Are you guys with me? Yeah. Encouraging words. The power of words is unbelievable. Um, there's, I don't want to get too far down this bunny trail either, but there's lots of love languages. And words is one that is really common for most people. Need to hear words of affirmation, receive words of affirmation. And it's also a vehicle to build love and unity. How many of you know that when you step out of maybe something, you're com- you know, out of your comfort zone a little bit, it gives God more room to move in your life? Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It gives God more room to move in your life as you are willing to take your flesh by the scruff of the neck and say, nah, 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 nah. You're afraid, you're nervous, you're anxious. Sit down, shut up. I'm going to do this in obedience to what I know God is asking me to do, and it's going to make room for God to show up and do neat things. Okay? So I want to challenge you with that. Can you do a Vanna White thing there? (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there's the verse on the bottom of the sheet is a really... Important verse from 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Because encouraging is one of the one another's that we find in Scripture. There's like 60 instructions from uh, in the New Testament of how we are to be with one another. That we're to love one another, be kind to one another, be compassionate to one another. And, and encourage one another, right? So... Uh, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So, so the, even if you're doing it already, the instruction is keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And obviously, you don't have to use an encouragement card to do it, to speak words of life to someone or to be an encouragement. But this is a tool for you, okay? And as you get one and receive one and it blesses you, I challenge you to turn around and do one for someone else too, okay? So that's that's... Um, awesome. It is. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
And I have two other challenges for you in the days ahead, all right? So specifically for women. Now, I, with our Next Steps class, this is one thing that I, we spend a little bit of time on. We need people in our life that we pour into, okay? How many of you know that God is always pouring into us? And unless mm -hmm. we have an avenue or a way to pour it out, it just kind of gets a little stagnant there. Yep. Yes. All right. Yep. So as God is pouring into us, we need avenues and opportunities to be pouring out. Also, we need other people pouring into us and challenging us and loving us and calling us higher. I am in the process of trying to match up some newer Christians and some that have been around a while and have asked me, you know, is there, is there a, uh, a lady in the church who, you know, would check on me once a month or pray with me or whatever. I'm in the process of setting up sort of a heart-to-heart -heart connection kind of thing with our women. All right? So this is me putting it out there in this room and Sowing online. Sowing a seed. Sowing a seed to let you know that down the road... If you're interested at all, come see me. You want someone that you spend, you know, an hour a month with doing coffee and you connect with them every couple weeks or so, encouraging them consistently. There's people that don't have the quilting bees in their life. Right? They don't have the families around them in their life. Or maybe they do and it's not a healthy situation. And we need one another. So I just want to let you know in the background, that's something that I'm working on right now. And if you're interested in being a part of that, women to women, us connecting with one another and encouraging one another in a consistent basis, I want you to come talk to me or text me or message me or whatever. All right? Got it? All right. And I look around this room, and I'm excited at the potential in this room. So I think there's lots of opportunities for that. And the last thing I want to make sure I tell you as well, we're going to be doing some quarterly events for just women. Okay, so it might not be WM. I love WM. I went to WM all the time as a kid and launched women's ministries in lots of churches and called it lots of different things. And, but there is something that is just so much fun and encouraging and life-giving about women getting together and laughing so hard that you just laughing really hard <laughs> thank you for filtering that thank you no Appreciate problem it. no problem but also blessing one another <laughs> but also blessing one another in such a way because there's something very unique that as we serve the lord as women we have we learn so much and then we get to give it away we get to encourage one another with whatever it is that we're learning. I was talking to someone yesterday, and I'm like, you know what? I we were sharing about a, a challenge each of us was facing in our life, just looking for chances to encourage one another, right? And it's like, you know what? This challenge that I'm facing, I know that the Lord has trained my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Mm. Mm. I know that as I face what's ahead, God has already prepared me with what I've walked through mm -hmm. already in my life. Yeah. So God, in this moment, how have you prepared me and trained me to face what is coming next? And there's something unique about women praying together and encouraging one another. So we are going to be having some women's events coming up. So I, I'm, as I'm saying all this, I feel like this is a commercial. Is that okay? A little bit. Is it okay to bit. tell you that? This is a, okay, this is a little commercial. So I want you to be doing words of life as we come back together. This is going to be such a way that we can grow in how we, because I believe we all love each other. I don't think I'm naive in that. We do all love each other, right? 
this is a tool for us to express it to one another, okay? This is a way for us to be expressing it to one another. And like I said, if you're interested in being in kind of a consistent, encouraging relationship, not just new Christians, but other women that have, you know, are on this journey and maybe at a different stage, I want you to let me know and keep your eyes peeled for the events coming. Because I, I believe that this is a timely, timely message for us. As we looked at Ruth, where just those special relationships, again, I want you to read that whole book because it is a great love story, better than any Netflix special, okay? It's really, really good. There's lots of drama in there, lots of suspense, and there might even be some violence, but it's, it's good. It's really good. So, um, but we draw lessons from how women of God have received from the Lord and how they turn around and they pour into others and we challenge, you know, how they challenged one another. God, let us challenge one another. Let us share who we are to be an encouragement with one another. And as we step out in that, even a little bit beyond our comfort zone, it makes more room for God to show up and do what only he can do. All right. Are you, can you receive that this morning? Can you be encouraged by that? Okay. Amen. Well, thank you. I'm going to ask uh, the ladies in the room, uh, every, all the women 18 and over, uh, if you would, let's everybody stand. Let's all stand. And, uh, and all the women 18 and over, if you would come and just... Space yourselves out a little bit. Stand along the front here. And we're going to speak a blessing over the women of the house, all right? And um, as we dismiss this morning, what we'll do is um, you need to give Pastor Anna and I a minute to get to the back because we do have some sweet treats. And we're going to put a verse, there's a little verse on the top of them that says a little a message on the top of this is Happy Mother's Day, and the back side of the message is that verse from Proverbs 11:25: "The generous will prosper; those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed." Look at all these refreshing ladies! Yay! Wow! Okay, wow. somebody take a picture so I can put it on Facebook. Yeah. So, so yeah, little little um, spoiler, ladies, but there are cupcakes. Oh, you there are cupcakes for all of you. Um, so we give you permission, even if you're, you know, if you're doing keto or something and you're saying, you know, I don't eat sugar, we're giving you permission to have a little bit today. So, um, yeah. So, ladies, what I see in Ruth. What I see in Ruth, that woman was a lioness. That woman could have shrunk back and just gone off to her, back to her home country and, and just, just lived out her life and, and, you know, just kind of faded into, we would have never heard of her, never known about her. But she rose up and she said, uh, no, I am, I am going to serve the God that you serve. I am going to walk with you in relationship. I am going to rise up and be, uh, you know, the kind of woman that, that 
you have shown me how to be. I'm going to be the kind of woman that makes a difference in this world. And Ruth became the great-grandmother of King David and the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother of our Savior. Isn't that amazing? Right? And, and she, is, she is not only talked about in the book of Ruth, she's talked about in the, in the, the lineage of Jesus that we find in, in the New Testament, in Matthew and in Luke. Because, because she was a woman who said, I will, I will rise to the occasion, I will seize this moment, and I will be the kind of woman that God, you have called me to be. And it would have been easier, would have been simpler for her to just just shrink back but she didn't shrink back she rose up and ladies I believe that God wants to raise you up each of you is so unique right each of you is so special and unique and 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 you're going to rise up in your own way and it's going to be different than any every other woman across the front here but I believe God wants he is calling you to rise up and be the lioness that he's called you to be. To be a woman after God's heart. To be a woman who walks in faith and courage and obedience no matter what comes at you. And I know some of you have had a lot come at you. You've pushed through so much. And the fact that you're here today saying, I want to live for Jesus and I want to live out my faith for him. You are a lioness. And I want to speak that over you today. So ladies, I bless you in the name of Jesus with the courage and faith, with the joy and the hope of Jesus in your life to rise up and be the lioness that he has called you to be. To be a woman of faith in every circumstance. To be a woman who, who lives a life that others can follow and imitate like Naomi did, to be the kind of woman who other women say, uh, I, want to, I want to walk in your path. I want to walk in your shoes. I want to be like you. To be the kind of woman that, that pours into others to the extent that, that, um, that, that you raise you raise the water table of others' lives. You raise others up by the way that you live. So I bless you today to walk, walk in courage and faith and joy and be the woman that God has called you to be. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, women.